Welcome back to Crossing the Jordan, everybody. I pray that you are all doing well. Today, I want to go through a book uh, by one of my favorite Catholic apologists, Jimmy Aiken, who was a convert from Protestantism growing up, and then he wanted to become a minister when he had a profound conversion to Jesus. And he did his research, and he became Catholic, and now he's an apologist for Catholic Answers. And his book today that I want to go through is called The Bible is a Catholic Book. It is a really good book, and I highly recommend it to anybody. Get it for your family, your friends, and read it for yourself. But And it's broken up into really four simple chapters, and we'll go through each of them. But the punchline is really how valuable Scripture is in and of itself because it contains extremely valuable information, and it's timeless uh, message. And you, one, encounter the love of God. You see how he has dealt with his people. And you also see the reality of our sins, but most importantly, God's love that triumphs over our sins. And as we know it as Catholics, it's the inerrant word of God. It is, it will be inv- it's invaluable for every single Christian life to know the written word of God because we encounter our Father, just as the Catechism says that the Father comes and dwells and speaks as children in the sacred scripture. But even before it's a spiritual document, it is a historical document, right? So, and this is the punchline of this entire book. The world and all Christians owe an enormous debt to the Catholic Church because it was through the Catholic Church that the Bible was given to the world. Jesus himself founded the Catholic Church. He appointed its first leaders, and they were the ones who, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote the books of the New Testament, which completed and became the capstone of all the scriptures that had come before. The Holy Spirit then guided the Catholic Church to discern which books belonged in the in the Bible and which did not. And this took place uh, all the way through the end of the 4th century, and then once again infallibly in the 1500s uh, during the Protestant Revolution. This uh, process involved the crucial process of sorting the true scriptures from all the false ones that existed. The Catholic Church laboriously copied the scriptures in the age before the printing press, when every book, including lengthy ones like the Bible, had to be written by hand. And therefore, the church preserved these books through the centuries, unlike so many ancient works that have now been lost. The Catholic Church is why we have the Bible today. And everyone should be grateful for the gift that, by the grace of God, it has been given to the world, because the Bible is a Catholic book. And so this entire book actually only has four chapters, and they're really simple four chapters, uh, but we'll go through each of them. The first chapter is the Word of God before the Bible. The second one is the Word of God incarnate. The third is the writing of the New Testament, and the fourth is after the New Testament. And so we'll go through each of the four chapters, and I'll really try my best not to give any like specific details or start reading sentences and everything, but I'll give you a taste of what's in, what's in each chapter, because within there, there's uh, you know so, smaller sections of like a page or two talking about certain aspects of what they're, he's talking about. So the first chapter is the Word of God before the Bible. The first part is, in the beginning was the Word, speaking of Jesus and the Holy Spirit being uh, revealed as creators of the world with God the Father. And then he talks about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that was also revealed to be at the very beginning of creation when God breathed over all of his creation. And that same Holy Spirit that was part of creation with the Word of God, Jesus, and the Father at the very beginning also was the one who spoke through the prophets, who uh, inspired scripture and moved through the apostles and And then he moves into a section of the age of the spoken word, where speech is a human universal, but writing is not. And then he moves into the age of the written word, where there's this history of when people actually began writing things down, and such as Mesopotamia in 3300 BC, Egyptians in 3100 BC, 
Mayans 1300 or uh, Chinese 1300 Mayans 300 BC and the Cherokee tribe in North America didn't have writings until 200 years ago and for the Hebrew people their uh, Hebrew wasn't even spoken it wasn't a formed specific language until about 1000 BC but things were starting to be written down a little before that right around the time of Abraham and Moses and there was no in scripture until showing that anybody started to write things down until after the Exodus uh, when Joshua, Joshua was around and led his people, led uh, the Israelites into the promised land. So how did all these things happen? And then he has a section on tradition and how everything was uh, oral tradition. And there was actually people that were specifically, uh, they're like professional, tra- uh, I think the word is like tradent, an authorized bearer of tradition. So they would have qualified uh, persons of good memory, good communication skills, and specialized knowledge of the subject to have authority on. And then the next section is the first books of scripture that were written. And then the canon begins to form. New books of scripture composed. <clears throat> the last Old Testament books. Other ancient writings. Old Testament sources. Changing languages. The Jewish sects how the Old Testament canon developed. And he goes into the five major canonical traditions at the time of the first century when Jesus was here. The Samaritan tradition, the Sadducee tradition, the Pharisee tradition, the Essene tradition, and the Septuagint tradition. And then he goes into the so-called 400 silent years that uh, Protestants typically hold to. And then that's the end of the first chapter of the Word of God before the Bible. The second chapter is the Word of God incarnate. And the sections are, the word becomes flesh, Jesus preaches the word, Jesus founds his church, then he goes through in the New Testament, tradition in the early church, scripture in the early church, the scriptures Jesus accepted, the scriptures the New Testament authors accepted, then he goes through the timeline from Pentecost to the New Testament, which concludes the second chapter. The third chapter is the writing of the New Testament. And his sections throughout there, through the, this third chapter is letters in the New Testament age, deciding to write, the apostles actually beginning to write, how the process was to, pre- to prepare to write, to compose a letter, how to send it, sending the letter, how to receive the letter in the first century, then the books in the New Testament age. Then he goes through the source materials for the books, and how it was for publishing books, and the cost of that was extremely expensive. Books as physical objects in the first century, he goes through the history of that. And then he goes through the four Gospels. Then he goes through the order of the Gospels on uh, which ones were written first, second, third, and fourth. Then he goes through the dates of the Gospels, of when they were written. Then he goes through the history of the book of Acts, and then he goes through all of St. Paul's letters of when they were written, and where they were written, and how they were written, and all that good stuff. Then he goes through the letter of the Hebrews. Then he goes through the Catholic epistles like James, Peter, and John, and Jude. And then he goes through the book of Revelation. And then he goes through other first century works from uh, apostles and other uh, writings from the early church that were even seen as scripture in the first few centuries. And it was the church that discerned which ones were true, authentic, inspired, uh, inerrant word of God written in written form. And then he goes through the first collection of the New Testament books. The Catholic Church gets its name. The close of the Apostolic Age. Doctrine in the Apostolic Age. 
And that concludes the third chapter of writing in the New Testament. And then the last uh, and fourth chapter is after the New Testament. And he talks about the word of God in the early church, the second century books, the Bible begins to come together, the role of tradition, stages in the process, which books were accepted, disputed, rejected through the first few centuries of the church. Uh, then he goes through Jerome and the Deuterocanonical books. He goes through the Vulgate, the, the Latin version that Jerome translated. Then he goes through the Middle Ages of time of learning. He goes through the Bible in the Middle Ages. Then he goes into uh, how chapter and verse came together because only the Psalms had actually the you know titles of Psalm 1, Psalm 2, Psalm 3. Every other book was just a written scroll. There was no chapter and verse. Then he goes into the Bible in the age of print and that which happened in the 1400s from a Catholic inventor who uh, then the Bible started becoming more and more widespread and because then it became more economical and accessible to actually produce more Bibles to share. And then he goes into the printing press during the Protestant Reformation. Then he goes into the new Protestant translations and also the new Catholic translations. And then he goes through the canon of scripture and how do we know which books of the Bible are actually authentic scripture. And then he tops it off with the Bible is a Catholic book. So I highly recommend it. It is a thorough and detailed uh, investigative historical fact-setting book. Um, Jimmy Aiken was Protestant. He became Catholic. He was a uh, an investigator, and he's one of the smartest men that I've ever heard talk. He can speak just about anything. But there's actually, so he has a few um, appendices in the back of the book, and one of them is a Bible timeline talking about the Old Testament and New Testament period. And actually, I want to go through each of those just to highlight some of the history of when the New Testament began, uh, was starting to be written. So the first letter that was written was James, and that was in 48. So to put a time frame around that the crucifixion happened in 30 uh, in the year 33 and so um it, it was 15 years later that the letter of james is written and then right around the year 50 that's when first thessalonians second thessalonians and galatians were written in the year 53 first corinthians was written between 54 and 55 second corinthians and the romans was written the gospel of mark was written in the year 55 the gospel of luke was written in the year 59 then Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon were written between the years 58 and 60. The book of Acts was written in the year 60. First Peter was written in 62 to 63. The Gospel of Matthew written in the year 63. Second Peter and Jude was written in 64 to 65. The Gospels of John was written and also First Timothy, Titus, and the, the letters of John were around the year 65. And then... 2 Timothy was written in 66, and then Hebrews and Revelation was written in year 68, and he goes through much more details of that in this timeline, but the, this, these are the ones that I just wanted to highlight just from uh, when the New Testament scriptures were actually written. And then later history of the Bible, 382, Pope Damasus I holds the Council of Rome, which establishes the canon of scripture. 383, St. Jerome begins translating the Latin Vulgate. 393, Council of Hippo reaffirms the canon. 397, Council of Carthage reaffirms the canon, which all include the Deuterocanonical books. 405, Pope Innocent I reaffirms the canon. And 419, another Council of Carthage reaffirms the canon. In the year 1442, so we're jumping ahead almost a millennia, the Council of Florence reaffirms the canon. 
1439, the Johannes Gutenberg develops the printing press. 1454, the Gutenberg Bible is printed. In 1517, Martin Luther begins the Protestant Rev- uh, Revolution. 1546, the Council of Trent infallibly reaffirms the traditional can- canon of Scripture. And again, he goes through even more of the history of all that within the timeline and throughout the book. So I highly recommend this book. It's Again, it's called The Bible is a Catholic Book by Jimmy Aiken and is produced by Catholic Answers Press. And so Jimmy Aiken is a Catholic apologist through Catholic Answers. Um, one of my favorite, him and Tim Staples are my favorite uh, Catholic apologists. Both of them converts from Protestantism on fire for Jesus. And then they're trying to convert their Catholic friends, Jimmy Aiken, his Catholic wife. And then they became Catholic. And now uh, they've produced incredible, incredible works. They're one of my, they're my top two favorite apologists. So highly recommend this book. Go to Catholic Answers. Uh, it's on Catholic.com and Jimmy Aiken and Tim Staples both have their own individual websites. They do debates, podcasts, talks, um, all that good stuff. So thanks for listening in. And I hope that you go and buy this book and read it for yourself. It's incredibly illuminating and highlighting the history of the Bible and how beautiful the Bible is and where did we get the Bible because the Bible is a Catholic book.